So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a life coach who ended a 20-year relationship with alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to quitting alcohol that breaks all the rules, amazing stories from women who are throwing a better party because of it, and how you can stop drinking and start living. This show is not a substitute for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a health professional if your alcohol consumption is a risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Welcome back, my beautiful listeners. I am so excited to present to you today a near and dear sister friend who I can't wait to be in communion with in the flesh again soon, uh, Melissa Robin. I just wanted to pop on before our interview to let you know about a beautiful offering that she has beginning on May 16th on Saturday is called Goddess Unveiled. It's a four-part masterclass uh, for four Saturdays. And so I'll leave the link in the show notes Um, But it is a time to come together in community as sisterhood, and Melissa is a beautiful um, embodied leader of the divine feminine through her work as a photographer and an embodiment leader. So I just wanted to point that out. Please check it out. Um, The calls will include a guided meditation journaling prompts, movement movement practice, and sharing. And the invitation is that as we embrace the feminine archetype of the goddess, we see so many potential um, in ourselves um, as we reflect that to one another in the collective. So please enjoy this interview and we'll talk to you soon. Welcome back, beautiful listeners. Thank you so much for being here for another episode. I couldn't be more thrilled to have a beautiful, dear sister friend of mine on the show today. 
welcome Melissa Robin. Thank you so much for being here, love. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm just really excited to be interviewing you. And it's such a cool opportunity to just be closer and to get to know people and their stories. And as, as you know, as we share, it really helps other people's healing journeys as well. So just thank you for being open to that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell the audience and our listeners a little bit about how you spend your days and your magical powers. <laughs> Hello, I'm Melissa Robin. I am a goddess transformational photographer. So most of my work um, before um, this virus came to be was being with women and doing guided meditations and supporting them and feeling uh, embodiment through using the container of mother earth and also weaving in art therapy and dance therapy into the sessions um, to get authentic expressions and movement and also helping women, you know, birth their businesses or, you know, build their businesses with this beautiful content and what they can do with it after. Mm. So that is my work in this world. I also um, do cacao offerings and support women in making rituals with cacao and recipes and doing ceremonial circles. Um, these days, I've been spending a lot of time on my computer, building my offerings online and weaving in all these new offerings and rituals to be on an online platform to share and bring people together online as well. Um, and on a personal level, I spend my days mostly doing yoga and meditation, movement, going for walks and keeping myself active. And yeah, being on the computer a lot as well, but you know, creating that spaciousness in between to take time for self-love and ritual and care and also cooking a lot. I've been cooking a lot lately. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I just, you know, walking the talk and, um, I was talking to some sisters about that on my call, like just diving into the things that we naturally love, you know, that mm -hmm. our natural expression is just so supportive of this time right now. And so, mm -hmm. um, I can say that I have been a client of Melissa's work and it is gorgeous. It really does help that, dive deeper into the emotional embodiment piece of who we are uniquely um, as our feminine divine self. And um, this is something that I've been really expressing to clients as well. And so um, let's start by talking a little bit about, I would just love to hear a little bit about your background of your journey of alcohol to, so we can see where you came from to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. I've had like an up and down relationship with alcohol my, my whole life. Um, I personally started drinking when I was a teenager, um, not too heavily, but uh, as I got into my older adult years, I moved to New York City and that's when alcohol really started affecting my life because I started to see the pattern of everyone asking like, let's go get a drink after work. Let's go get a drink. Let's go get a drink. And it like, the one drink would turn into three drinks and then the whole next day would be ruined for me. So that's like the biggest impact of alcohol in my life was one of the five years that I was living in New York city is when I really started to notice it. And that was in my early twenties. Um, there's also an underlying abuse of alcohol that runs in my lineage and in my family. Um, my grandfather was an alcoholic on my mom's side. My mom is a functioning alcoholic. Um, and then on my dad's side, um, his father was also an alcoholic. So I have on both lineages of my family, a lot of alcohol abuse. And I think that's why I've always teetered on the edge 
with alcohol of like going in and out of it. Um, cause it is something that I am aware of, uh, in the back of my mind that it does run in my blood, alcoholism and mm-hmm. the addiction to alcohol. So yeah, that's, uh, my past with drinking. Um, and I would say in my teenage years, like when I was drinking, it was really to like suppress, um, and numb my pain. I went through a lot of trauma and also some mental illness issues. And I felt like it was a way for me to like turn off everything and, you know, experimented with other drugs and alcohol and just to like numb the pain. And that's like, you know, getting older into my twenties, as I was saying in New York, like it is, it was a similar thing for me where it was like, I was using it to numb the anxiety of being out in the city with so many people. Mm-hmm. And do you think that um, the awareness about your family, do you think that that was always pretty present for you, even as a, even as a younger person of how that had affected you? Or do you think you're tapping more into that addiction piece now? I think over the past couple of years, I've like, as I've been doing more ancestral lineage, like trauma meditation and like going through my lineage is like really turned on and clicked in that this was a problem because like when I was growing up it was normal for my mom to have like a couple glasses of wine before bed like it wasn't something that ever like it wasn't out of the norm for me mm-hmm. that was just like a part of my reality and like when we go to Newfoundland where my family is from and have family gatherings like everyone would be drinking everyone you know would be getting really drunk and that was just like normal so like that was my reality for a long time so I didn't really know that it was alcoholism until I grew up and started seeing you know having other friends that had alcohol addiction or drug addiction like actually seeing what that looks like because I hadn't seen what that looks like and there's so many different ways and different like yeah ways that addiction looks like it doesn't look the same for everyone like Mm -hmm. what at one point in my life, I thought it was normal. And then at another point in my life, like now I look back and I'm like, no, that was not normal. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, um, I know it's so interesting how that normalcy is, is kind of this story that we're born into. So you don't really know it until you kind of have a different perspective of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think, do you think that like the being part and in, interested in the healing arts was something that kind of gave you like that wider perspective to be like, wow, you can be like in this really high vibing place. And then like, this is not, <laughs> you know, naturally. Um, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think like over the years, especially the past five years, like, like really diving into like yoga and meditation and doing like ritual arts and sitting in ceremony with sisters like getting that natural high from just like being in ceremony or doing a really amazing yoga class or doing an epic meditation where you're just like oh my god like I don't need these other substances because I'm just so high from this experience and it's Mm -hmm. it's really beautiful yeah and creating that sacred container that is yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) as that vessel um so was there a point when you you know when you were changing your relationship to alcohol or when it did change was there a point that something was really obvious for you that like like, I'm not getting to where I want to be because this is in the way. Yeah, I definitely, there was a big point for me where everything shifted. And it was the summer of 2018. Before that, I was like drinking here and there. Um, but uh, the summer of 2018, I went to my native land in Newfoundland 
and sat with an elder from the Mi'kmaq tribe, a tribe that um, my lineage comes from. And I had the most intense and incredible sweat lodge ceremony I've ever had in my entire life. Um, I did it with a dear um, spirit brother of mine and this new man that I met that was uh, facilitating the ceremony. And we just like sweat, I think for five hours straight and did so many doors and just like sang so many prayers and so much came through and came out. And after that experience, like I did not desire to drink alcohol at all anymore. It was completely out of my system. Even my partner would be like, Hey, try this like really yummy, you know, cocktail. And I would try it. I was just like, like, like the the Mm -hmm. taste for alcohol, like just completely left my body. So that was like the point and where everything changed. And I think leading up to that, I was already realizing that like, I don't need this. It's not serving me in any way. Like if I would drink more than a glass of wine, I would wake up the next day and I wouldn't feel creative. I wouldn't feel inspired. And like, I'm Mm. self-employed. Like I have to wake up and feel inspired and like go get work and do things. So for me, it just, it wasn't in alignment with like my path. And that turning point in the summer of 2018 and that sweat lodge ceremony really shifted things for me. And since then, I feel like my clarity has gotten, my clarity has gotten clear, but that's really Mm -hmm. what it is. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like there was like this veil lifted off me. It was like, wow, you don't need all these other things. You already have everything you need within yourself. And you just need to like create space and time to tap and tune into these special places. Mm, So beautiful. So do you think that that process alone was just like a complete, just like cleansing process, almost bringing you back to like a baseline of connection or? Yeah, connection. Like on a physical level, I think I sweat out all the toxins and alcohol in my body. Like, so everything was completely detoxed. So it was like a full body reset. And then of the mind and the spirit, like getting into like such a trance state and such a high from a ceremony was like, Oh my, like, wow, I don't need Mm. anything else. Like this is, this is pure medicine. Like this is Mm -hmm. what I've been looking for. And ever since then, yeah, like I said, I, you know, have had maybe a couple sips of wine here and there, but my intention for alcohol has completely shifted. Like I'm not drinking to get drunk or drinking to get buzzed. It's like drinking with an intention, like the last time I had a drink, I was in Italy like a couple months ago, seven months ago, eight months ago now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was photographing for a winery and they had like this incredible wine and I had like a taste of each wine. So I had like mm. a taste of three wines and I was like, wow, this is really beautiful. The taste of the wine and like the intention has shifted, right? It's like, I'm not going to drink these full glasses of wine and get drunk. I'm just going to like taste it to experience it and then let it go. Mm, Yeah. So it's like the intention is really shifted. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to kind of touch on that because it's something I've been thinking about is tuning in more. I've been really thinking about the privilege that it is to be a woman, but also to be alive and to be human. And, um, I just think that that like kind of exemplifies it beautifully of like really slowing down to see the the pleasure experience that lives in so many of the things that we're doing like mm-hmm. every day. Um, do you think that just that fully being more fully present has allowed you to get more pleasure from things that you weren't necessarily tuning into before? If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. That's huge. And not only that, but 
that reminds me of like the power of dance and like mm. I've been doing these ecstatic dances before COVID came through like these group ecstatic dances in the daytime when like people aren't drinking everyone's sober and you're doing these like dance parties completely sober and I feel like there's so much power and magic and like going even my partner's a DJ so I would go to shows with him at bars and things and I felt like I was the only one who was sober there but I was the one on the dance floor and dancing and like getting people to dance and it's just like I feel like there's so much power and magic and like being sober and being in this place of clarity where you can just like be a vessel of love and just move and not feel judged and you know it took time to get to that point but I think we can all get there and it's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. I love that the, the thing that you're, (laughs) that the thing you're like using alcohol for to like loosen up or whatever, you know, it can be that, um, or to whatever dull your emotions or lower your inhibition so you can get to this other place, like doing it naturally actually is where the magic is, right. Is really Mm -hmm. where the, the medicine is. And it doesn't take doesn't take that long if you just allow yourself to be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I went to ecstatic dance after I stopped drinking, I was like in tears on the dance floor. I was like, this is the thing that my body and my soul have been waiting for because I've always loved to dance. And it's just, it really is a huge cathartic medicinal experience. So I'm just like, so glad that you're, you're tuning into that. Um, is there anything that you beliefs that you had around alcohol that you have completely like overridden now that you have this new level of awareness that you never would have believed before? Yeah. I mean, looping right back into the dance thing. I remember mm-hmm. when I was living in New York city, I had my anxiety like spiked really high just because there was so much energy around me all the time. And I felt like to go out and dance, I had to have a drink or I had to like get high before I would go out. And now it's completely different. Like I could just go out as myself. Like maybe I make myself a cacao or a tea or like some, have like my own ritual and then go out and dance even more than I would if I was drunk. Because when you're drunk, you're just kind of like not completely there in it. And to be like so present in it and to like really feel the people around you and feel your body and feel your dance. I just think that there's something so powerful and, and magical about that. And that's the biggest thing I think that has shifted for me is like, not needing alcohol or drugs to be in a social situation. That's awesome. What did it take to get you there? Like, I mean, I know that you had the sweat lodge experience, but even before that you were doing embodiment work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so was it just kind of continuously showing up or talk a little bit about that journey, if you would? Yeah, I think the cacao ceremony that I did in 2014 um that was the first time I ever did a cacao ceremony this is just coming to me now another really big moment like similar to the sweat lodge ceremony where it was like I'm not doing a psychedelic I'm not doing alcohol I'm not doing any drug we're doing this like sacred medicinal plant together in a high dosage of course but like seeing how it brought people together and how people moved and like it was such like I there's hard for me to put words to this ceremony but it was so so beautiful to see people like being completely free and open and themselves so I think like that ceremony was a huge like wow I don't need alcohol there's other medicines that I can use to get to this place of like ecstatic joy and bliss and 
you know, sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes you just need to be in circle or in ceremony with yourself or with others to like get to this point. Mm. But I think, yeah, being in ceremonies, dancing, doing yoga, like getting into my body and feeling embodied in myself is really what took it to the next level where I evolved out of not needing it at all. Mm, I love that so much. I've been talking a lot, well, working a lot with plant allies myself and, you know, mm-hmm. um, like as forms of like essential oils and just like standing by the trees, <laughs> of course. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about just in case people don't know about cacao or what that is as like a plant ally? Would you mind talking about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So cacao, like most people know, is it's actually chocolate, but it's mm-hmm. the purest form of chocolate. So there's the cacao fruit, and then these women that I get the uh, cacao from in Guatemala dry it and process it into this beautiful brick. A lot of the times when you see cacao at the store, it's like filtered and processed powder. This is the actual brick before it gets broken down into powders and mixed with anything else. Um, The kind of cacao that I get is like ceremonial grade organic and the money goes back to the women uh, Mm. in the tribe in Guatemala that's creating it. So that's really powerful in itself. And like the effect that it has on your body is it releases serotonin. So that releases happiness and it has theo bromine or brimine I can't remember how to pronounce it which is also a mood enhancer so it can make you feel like uplifted you might feel your heartbeat a little bit faster and for me it just helps me go inward and really connect to my body connect to my heart and it literally for me is in for a lot of people it's called the heart opener so it helps open up your heart mm. to like feel into your heart space which allows you to feel into your body even more and for me I love to do rituals and practices. Um, I actually drink cacao every morning now. So I'll have my cacao, like some Palo Santo or sage. I'll do like a meditation and then I go right into some sort of movement practice, whether it's like yoga or meditation. Um, And that for me allows like space for the creativity and the divine feminine to flow through me so that I can go through my day with like clearance clarity and like really being able to like just channel Mm. what wants to come through that's beautiful I'm so excited to get (laughs) to get some cacao yeah Yeah, it's awesome um and since you just mentioned the divine feminine um can you I would love to just know a little bit about your experience I mean for me when we met actually it was the calling of the divine feminine it was this expression of as part of myself that I just didn't know. I didn't know really the implications of what it meant to be a woman and the access to that potent power and magic that lives in the womb and that we experience. And I feel like so much of alcohol really is this a mask, you know, and there's nothing wrong with the masculine energy, but it is this like this dampening energy and it's kind of more of this like marching or I don't even know if it's marching. Just like, I don't know, moving through life without intention in a way. And the divine feminine seemed to just like push all of that out of the way. It was like once she was there and the goddess called, it was like, this is just child's play, the rest of it, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with like a divine feminine awakening or the difference of experiencing that now as opposed to when you were drinking or having alcohol in your life? Absolutely. Um, 
thinking about when I was living in New York and when alcohol was really like prevalent in my life, I was doing a little bit of yoga, but I was, I was just like on the journey to like going to Costa Rica for the first time and doing some of Sophia Tom's uh, temple body arts classes. And that was like what, five or six years ago now. So when I was living in New York city, I was definitely in the, my like wounded masculine. I was dressing like a man almost all the time. I was like a business owner. I was hustling every day. I was like very much in my masculine. Um, and that's when I was drinking a lot, which mm-hmm. is interesting to now make that connection. So thank you for that. Um, but when I went to Costa Rica and started learning about the divine feminine and getting more into my body, that's when things actually really started to shift. I feel like when we have practices, when we learn more about the goddess, when we dive deeper into our feminine and create spaces for the feminine to come through, we don't need all these other things. We like learn over time that all these things we are, that we need, we already have within us and they can be accessed if we give ourselves the time and the space and the ritual to be able to do so and I think yeah over the years just being in circles with sisters and like hearing other sisters stories and like just like really learning you know that there's so many people that like have these feelings of like depression anxiety like everyone experiences this like and that you're not alone in this I think is like really what healed my like wounded feminine within me and like made me come more into my body and be able to trust, truly trust the feminine and not from a place of wounding, from a place of like healing and sisterhood and all all the beauty that comes along with that. And I think, yeah, finding the goddess, finding the feminine and like starting on that path was one of the best decisions that I ever made. And it's woven into my life so deeply now. And I'm so grateful. And through that work is how I birthed, you know, I've had a photography business for 13 years, but over the past three years, I've birthed doing these goddess sessions, which was already doing with boudoir sessions, but now it's more intentional because Mm. I've been sober and it's been clear and I've been gifted the clarity and clearance to like, see what my true soul path is and what my soul truly desires. And for me, that's like helping women find their embodiment with the support of mother earth. So like going out into nature facilitating a meditation and a movement practice so that women can feel more in their bodies that they can feel more empowered to birth their gifts into the world oh my gosh that's so beautiful I love listening to this because it's just I'm like almost crying seriously I know me too I'm like tearing up after that I was like well what a beautiful expression you said that so beautifully and it really I mean to me it means shifting into those goddess sessions in that intentional way I mean that is serving the world I mean, like if we're here in a way to be, you know, work our souls, our soul self's purpose, I think our soul self purpose is in of service, right? It's never a selfish thing in it, but it it ends up being a gift to the collective and you're doing that in such a beautiful way. And for Mm -hmm. people to miss out on that piece of themselves is just, is so sad. And, you know, at the beginning for so many people, it's like, you know, they think they're going to be missing out on so much by not drinking or not having the party in the way that it was, but really it's such an invitation to the remembering, the remembrance of who you are and why you're here. And if I could get across anything to anyone, it would be that. And there's, you know, challenging times, of course, but the, the, the embracing the full spectrum of what it means to be fully human is a gift. 
Um, and yeah, I think that that support of mother nature that you're giving women to just be in their fullest expression is so amazing. So thank you for offering that to people. Cause it's so much fun too. Oh, thank and, you. Yeah. yeah. And we need that. We, you know, whether the reflection of what we see online and that's not even, you know, these false realities, it's like women need to be able to tune into the sacredness of their temple and um it's just Absolutely. So awesome. yeah I think we should I want to like definitely put a beautiful picture with our with this show so um okay. is there anything that you that is still challenging for you around sobriety um there definitely was now that um I've been social distancing this isn't so much of a problem um, totally before the social distancing I would say like I uh was photographing uh, Envision Festival back in February in Costa Rica and I remember a couple times being really triggered by people that were in like inebriated beyond the point of like recognizing like this their spatial awareness so I think for me the real challenge is like like not being triggered by being around drunk people mm. right now I don't have to be around drunk people but sometimes with my job like when I was doing event photography photographing festivals um going with my partner to a bar where he's DJing like there's just like it's so interesting I remember my partner was DJing a couple months ago before all this stuff happened and I went up to the bar and I was like hey can I have a soda wa water with lime and he was like what do you want in it tequila vodka and I'm just like nope just seltzer water and he's like like almost mad at me and I'm like it's so interesting like people's reactions to this and it's like you just have to take it with great assault and like mm. send them love and just be like okay I'm not gonna like you know dive deeper into this but it's interesting that some people are triggered by the not drinking they mm. immediately go and judge themselves and then project that onto you so it's like really interesting so I would say like my biggest challenge is like feeling triggered by other people being inebriated around me um, and I feel a really good ritual that I've created for myself when I'm about to go into a festival and photograph or about to go into a bar is like literally just like containing myself and like a golden bubble of protection. Mm. So I really truly feel like alcohol is like the spirits, like there are dark energies and spirits that get attached to people when they're out. And I, you know, just create that golden bubble to protect myself from any energies or spirits that are lingering around. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my biggest, biggest thing is not being triggered or being judgmental to other people that are still drinking and being drunk. So. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Cause I think that that's um, a really interesting point that, um, you know, there's, as we know, culturally and in the collective, there is a big sober movement happening, which is awesome. Um, my work is not on a crusade against alcohol. I, I just mm -hmm. want my crew. My work is to empower women to live their best lives, you know, yeah. in whatever, whatever way that is. Um, because there's always going to be something to fight, right? Some industry, as long as there's capitalism and consumer, yeah. there's going to be stuff sold to us that we don't need in a negative way. But um, I do think it's so important to take that personal responsibility piece of just like, these are my choices, my thoughts, my feelings, my actions, and then like whatever else is happening here. And I always say like, if we're throwing a better party, we have to be willing to keep our hand extended for that person when they're like, wow, they're having fun. They're not judging me. Maybe it's better over there. Kind of, you know, yeah. Yeah. No, one, no one makes big changes in their lives by being shamed. Like no one jumps party lines when you're like, you're 
you suck. (laughs) But protecting yourself is also a really important piece, like those natural boundaries. And Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's a really great expression. And I'm glad that you have you know, figured, figured that out. Cause I think for so many people, they don't, they choose to not go out and, you know, enjoy themselves maybe in a way that and they can miss out on a show or a concert or work, um, because of that potential. So knowing that there are ways to, to support yourself around that is, is amazing. And of course it's different for everyone. So, um, Absolutely. If you could offer support to someone that was really questioning their relationship with alcohol um, and really wanting to, you know, I feel like once you start questioning your relationship with alcohol, it's to a point where you're having a calling that there might be something more for you. Um, What would be your advice to them or your insight into that? Hmm. I would say to carve out time for ritual space and for space for yourself to really dive in deeper and like creating a container where you can go inward and finding what your alternative medicine is. For me, Mm. cacao is such an amazing tool for me. It opens my heart. It helps me go deeper. It helps me feel into my body. There's also like kava kava. There's all different types of plant medicines um, that can support you in different ways. So I encourage anyone who's interested or feels the call to experiment with, you know, even kombucha can be really beautiful. So there's so many different amazing medicines that we have access to. So I think giving those a try and like giving yourself the time and space to like go inward, get some nice music, light some candles, light some incense, like put on music that you like have a journal close by, drink your drink and really feel what that feels like in your body and just write or dance or move or roll around on the ground and cry. Like whatever helps you to like feel into your body, I think is so beautiful. And yeah, I think that's my biggest piece of advice to someone that's questioning um, their relationship with alcohol. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think, I mean, as you know, I would work with ritual too. And that's a big piece of, it's that me time piece where I think, you know, we can just so easily tune out mm-hmm. of who we are, what's happening or what we need by having a drink. And we just kind of forget about it and carving out that sacred time is just like so important. And it can be, you know, five minutes even for yourself of just, exactly. you know, mm-hmm. lighting a candle and just tuning into how do I want to show up in the world today? And what, what is one thing that I even need for myself today? And, um, I think it's just centuries of, oppression to be honest with you of tuning out of the the feminine uh, out of the emotional intelligence because it's so powerful and mm-hmm. um i just actually recorded an episode about that about the privilege of emotion um and, yeah and how it really it's really looked it, i feel like it's looked at now in society as this or especially for women, it has been as this like negative thing, like shut it down. It's too much of all the things, too sensitive, too, you know, loud, too boisterous or too emotional when really the, the real truth is, is that it is our superpower. Mm-hmm. And I really think knowing what we need and being able to allow and observe that is <laughs> how we are going to find what, you know, what we need or the, it is the kind of the compass to guide us, um, for our truest self and into our intuition, that discernment piece of what's going to really, um, 
support us. So that you are this, all of this information is just going to be so supportive for so many people. And Mm -hmm. I am just so glad that you're here. And we talked about so much stuff. And um, what do you feel like, and we can kind of, um, besides where people can find you, but where do you see, or what is your dream for the world? Like, as far as, I mean, (laughs) yeah, tell me about your, what your dream for the world, because you know, your dream for the world is, is Gaia's dream too. And Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about where, what's present for you right now in that way. Mm, my dream for the world that is such a big question I know I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) no I'm sorry I love it it's just it's so big I'm like my mind just went like (laughs) um let me take a deep breath and let's feel what wants to come through (sighs) my dream for the world right now is for everyone to be at peace in the silence in the stillness and to go inward and to feel all the darkness and the shadows within them and to let those come through so that they can be healed so that in turn heals our collective and Mm. in turn also heals the earth and that through letting go of some of this darkness we can empower ourselves to take better care of this world and to take action because right now Gaia is asking for our help and I want all the women and men of this world to feel truly empowered to birth their gifts into this world because I do feel like Gaia is asking for the light workers and the leaders of the world to step forward at this time and to shed the skin to shed the darkness that wants to be shed so that we can be the truest brightest Mm. humans we're supposed to be. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for saying that. Is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners that I don't, that we didn't cover that I didn't ask you about? Um, I don't know. I think we covered a lot. (laughs) We did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We'll tell, and I know that we're going to put everything in the show notes, but what's like the best way to find you and your, your work right now? Yeah, Melissa Robin Photo is like my handle for everything's so like Instagram, Facebook, all that fun stuff. Um, and then my website's just melissarobinphoto.com. And that's M E L I S S A R O B I N P H O T O. Awesome. Yes. And I'll make sure and put it all in the show notes. Definitely check out her Instagram. And I mean, your website too has all the gorgeous stuff, but the Instagram always just has new, fun, beautiful photos of the divine feminine and the beautiful expression of who we are uniquely. And if I could say anything about, you know, more about the work you do, that it's, you're really allowing people to express that and come forth because that is our truest medicine is just to continue to be who we are and yeah, remove those layers of shadow. And thank you so much for being here, for doing this. This episode is going to just really help so many people to know that they can, there's so many other resources to tune into and so many ways to enjoy this magical, abundant life that we have. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for sharing this potent medicine. It's so beautiful and your work is so needed right now. So thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. The process of unraveling your story outside of the confines of alcohol is truly a sacred and beautiful journey of the self. Rediscover who you are in a whole new world again. 
Stop by my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to get instant access to the on-demand workshop of my revolutionary five shifts approach. And while you're there, you can sign up for a one-on-one consultation where we will create together your life intention. This is the framework for which all of your decisions around alcohol are made from your truest and highest self. In addition to working remotely worldwide, I host private one-on-one healing retreats at my sanctuary in Mount Hood, Oregon. I can't wait to connect.